The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Real Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Henning-Hockey. I'm the Chief Medical Officer here at Ridden Clinic. And wow, we have a great program lined up today because our guest is Dr. Paul Anderson, a recognized educator and clinician in integrative and naturopathic medicine with a focus on complex infections, chronic, and especially oncology, cancer illness. In addition to three decades of clinical experience, he was head of the interventional arm of the US NIH-funded human research trial, testing IV and integrative therapy therapies in cancer patients. So Paul, uh, Paul or Dr. A, as you'd like to go by, Dr. Ron, Dr. A, uh, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, you and I actually go back quite a ways. I was giving talks out in California on IV vitamin C, and you've done a whole lot with IV vitamin C as well. Was that what was your introduction to the integrative care of cancer patients? Um, you know, it it was uh, it was one of those things where it it happened as opposed to me planning it. Um, and the the shortest version is when uh, I went into practice, I my plan was to completely uh, be a kind of an old time general practitioner, uh, and I practiced in you know a rural area of the state of Oregon on the west coast, and uh, that was going along great. But I also had training. Uh, as a naturopathic physician, and so I wanted to blend the two. And what happened that I was not expecting at all within the first, really the first year of practice, is people started showing up with all manner of things that did not fit into the general practice mode, uh, one of which was cancer. And um, although, you know, you go back a number of decades there there were some things we knew about cancer and integrated medicine etc you know it was a pretty nascent new kind of science then uh so i think i had to either decide i wasn't going to do that uh and, but i had a very hard time telling people well no go you know because there was nowhere there was nowhere else to go really there was you know in in the northwest there may have been 10 people maybe mm. doing it uh, so I figured, well, then the other option is I, I have to learn and I have to get up to speed. And, you know, as you know, back in those days, there were uh, a very, you could count on one hand, the number of resources for 
anybody doing any of this. So I think we all kind of, you know, from that generation, we all kind of learned together. Um, and then what happened, of course, which I'm, I'm sure you saw too, is once you, regardless of the outcome, regardless of how anything else goes, once you have your first few patients and, you know, they tend to be very advanced word cancer gets patients, out. It, you know, the word gets out. And, and, you know, like I say, I mean, most of, most of my initial patients, literally the oncologist had said, hey, we're, we're done. There's nothing we can do. Go find something else. So I was the something else, <laughs> literally. Of course, so it's sort of like being thrown in at the other end of the pool <laughs> and, and, and working your way backwards. And, and you know, there's there's benefits to that. Uh, I, I don't know I'd choose to do it that way again, but, but that's basically what happened. And um, and then once, you know, then once you start to gain tiny bits of knowledge and you know a little bit, even more people come in. And that's literally how it developed. But you had a foundation in naturopathic medicine in terms of helping people try to elicit the health response. Let's just put it that way, because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was what was unique about the Reardon Clinic is, hey, we were doctors interested in health. I mean, it sounds crazy to say it that way but that's that's <laughs> yeah. the truth is that you had yeah. health yeah. things that people could do and i was wondering did you fall back on that you know just in terms of good eating you know get your sleep you know and a lot of what yeah. we are now yeah. calling terrain and metabolic therapy that's that's pretty right. natural stuff so to speak yeah to the naturopathic approach yeah i i would say a hundred percent um and, and again, you know, if you go back to the very beginning where, you know, we were one of the early things I did, just like you, was intravenous vitamin C, because that's what people would ask for. And, uh, you know, we, we and 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 I had a background that uh, involved, you know, IV and parenteral therapies right. and hospital training and stuff like that. So it wasn't that wasn't a big deal, but that was in the setting of all the other things that you just mentioned, which now, you know, we, we look at as integrative oncology, looking at your diet and looking at your circadian rhythm and sleep and looking at your stress and, uh, and using things like maybe botanical herbal medicines right. mm -hmm. or other types of natural things to just to support your body. And, you know, very early on, one of the things I would tell patients is I am more concerned with the cells in your body that don't have cancer than the cells that do. Now, of course, we want to work on the cells that have cancer, but it's the healthy cells in your body that keep you from getting sicker and keep you here longer. And so that's why we really want to uh, keep the healthy part of you healthy. And I think they, they really tied into that, which probably is why I kept using that as, you know, a, a sort of an analogy. Um, but yeah, that's really where that came from. Um, and I, um, and I also have to, um, give, I think some, some, my mother and father passed away. They would be in their hundreds now if they hadn't have probably, but, but, uh, my father's a physician, traditionally trained mom was a nurse, but they had sort of evolved over their lifetime of practice to more of a integrative minded approach. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, that wasn't a real well accepted thing. So they're very quiet about it. 
Um, but that also had a very big influence on me. And, uh, and, and it, so I kind of grew up that way, even though that wasn't maybe the way they practiced out in the world. Um, and so when I found naturopathic medicine, um, and, and my naturopathic training, it really resonated with me that I could take, you know, the best of the, you know, kind of the mechanical sciences, I call them, you know, of the allopathic world and, and then all of the other things that you don't do in that world very much and try and put them together. So that, that's really where our cancer care started. But you know what, what you did bring and what I think Dr. Reardon and people like David Servan Schreiber in his anti-cancer book, what you did bring was more science. You know, I think a lot of doctors would say that a lot of what was being done in the, uh, the natural realm was more, like you said, folklore, folk medicine, and, you know, nothing, no, no science-based basis to it. But yet, uh, you know, our, our daughter did one year of naturopathic school, and I went to visit and went to a number of the classes. I was blown away. These were medical school classes. And I think a lot of doctors think that naturopathic medicine is just, you know, folklore, but it's not. It's very science-based. And I think this represented a major uh, growth and, and improvement in in what patients could get. They, they, they could get something that had some science behind it. And I know that's been a big part of your career as well. Yeah. It, and, you know, the, I mean, if, you, if, if we go back, say, 20 plus years, there was emerging science in the world of integrative oncology, but there wasn't a lot really, you know, we, we really kind of had to piece together a lot of stuff. And then all of the sudden there were, you know, the publications on botanical medicines mm -hmm. and even IV vitamin C and other things that we do started to get bigger and bigger. Uh, and so when Dr. Stengler and I wrote our book, Outside the Box, mm -hmm. um, we specifically referenced it. Uh, we wrote it for patients, but we referenced it for their oncologists. Mm -hmm. And so it's got like 1,100 peer-reviewed references in it because what is it that we hear when somebody goes, you know, to the oncologist? All the, well, there's, there's, no no, there's no research on it. Yeah. yeah so we thought, well... Let's answer both questions. We'll make a very readable book for the patient. <laughs> and the patient could just hand it to their oncologist and say, well, some of these have to be reasonable papers, you know. Uh, so, yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, I was I, I was so busy practicing. We all know how that is. You're, yeah. you're trying to keep your patients going. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have a ton of time to sit down and put things together and read research and all that. So I relied on other folks. And uh, But what happened over time then is uh, sort of a head of steam picked up behind that. And I started to be sort of the collector of information a bit in my little community. And then when I was recruited into the, the NIH uh, trial that we did in integrative oncology, specifically to do the IV therapy because they started the trial and they realized IV therapy was kind of a specialty and they should get someone who'd done it before. Mm -hmm. Well, then that opened a, a Pandora's box because we were, we were one of a number of, of universities together, University of Washington, Fred Hutchinson, Seattle uh, Children's, SCCA, Bastyr University. 
So we all answered to each other. And so suddenly I had to justify using IV vitamin C or any other IV. We did all sorts of IVs of natural things uh, to my, you know, very hardcore medical oncology uh, colleagues. And that then just sort of took it from, you know, here to, you know, uh, many orders of magnitude higher because I, I built on what we had and then I added to it. And, and so not because, again, I sat down and thought this would be a great idea to do. It was more survival and keeping our patients cared for within the bigger, you know, the, the bigger system of oncology. Um, and what I noticed with that, though, was it, it, there was really only two responses when, when I would provide data. Um, either the person was just kind of stuck in their way of thinking and they would say, well, I don't care. I'm still not going to support you. Or I had the, the chief of oncology say, I didn't even know there was any research about this stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. literally. And he says, I, I have no problem sending patients to you now. And he started sending people to us for IV vitamin C and other stuff uh, just because he, he was not aware. He was never told in all of his oncology training there was any research. So yeah. I, I think, you know, it's it's tough to do. It's tough to get it together. But when you get that and you have an open-minded colleague, uh, you know, you can build some bridges, which is what I what I would love to see. There's a lot more to this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Biocenter Laboratories. The Biocenter Laboratory provides state-of-the-art lab testing and diagnostic services for healthcare providers, laboratories, hospitals, and the general public. Lab tests available through Biocenter include a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, hormones, and pyrroles. They also provide a variety of standardized tests for disease markers. These markers include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, thyroid dysfunction, hormone imbalance, and more. Visit biocenterlab.org to learn more. Well, and also make better decisions in the mm -hmm. ongoing care. Even if you're like with us, we were pre predominantly doing the naturopathic or the natural approach, but you know, cancer patients can go south in a, in a day, you know, things can start happening where you definitely need the specialty of oncology to step yeah. in there and help out. And, and, yeah. and, and, and so the, the blend of integrative and regular oncology is, is truly a necessity. We just recently hired Dr. Stacy Dunn, who's up in Oregon for, she said 20 years. And she actually said she was doing more oncology <laughs> than she was doing uh, naturopathic, even though, yes, she was blending it. But, you know, I think it's a very important step forward. And yeah. I think patients are starting to recognize the advantages of going to a doctor that is well-versed in both. And I, and that's the way I think of you, Paul, that you're, you, you represent that big step forward in terms of kind of like giving uh, scientific verification to how well integrative medicine could complement uh, regular oncology. I mean, that's, that's the irony here is the, I always say, you know, we could really make the oncologist look good if they would pay attention to the, yeah. the natural side of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would agree. And it's, uh, and, uh, and again, I didn't plan it that way, but I'm glad that 
that is what I uh, stepped into. Um, and I, I'll say one of my, uh, I don't know, proudest moments, but w- one of my most amusing moments throughout the NIH trials five years long. And, you know, when the government's involved, everything's very public and, and we're dealing with, you know, tier one medical school and the best science and uh, researchers. Um, my biggest, loudest critic in the medical oncology side, uh, and, and I won't elaborate on all the things he would say, but biggest, loudest critic, easy. Uh, two years into the study, he called me and he said, I still don't agree with what you do. It's always good to start a conversation that way. <laughs> that's, that's the way it seems like they always start it. And, but, and, <clears throat> and he says, but, but I will say that the patients I share with you seem to do better and live longer. He says, so while I don't agree with your way of practicing, you have me intellectually curious. What, and that's a giant step forward, and right I, there. Is a giant well, step forward. You know, and, that's intellectual curiosity is how it all starts for all of us, right? Yeah, and uh, and, and quality and, of life. What, what's, <laughs> I mean, in, in the final analysis, that isn't that what every sick patient, not just cancer yeah. patients, but they yeah. just, hey, doctor, that's, please help me. I'm feeling awful. What yeah, can I do? And so, I mean. Everybody's sick or well wants quality of life. It's just when you're sick, it becomes much more of an acute <laughs> issue you're, for you. Yeah, you yeah you're willing to go and, the extra mile then. Yeah. So yeah. and and you know, the way the way some of the oncologists would look at it is, gee, I you know, I can do a full standard of care protocol on a patient I share with you. And they don't fall out because of side effects and they don't fall out because of, you know, other adverse events. And so just that alone is a is a win, you know, on their side. Um, And if if indeed the standard care protocol, say, says has one of those, you know, real high levels of success, uh, like we see in early stage, you know, breast cancer, early stage prostate, you know, testicular cancer, things like that. Great. If, if we can get them all the way through and then we can fix them up on the other side, that's using the best of what everybody has to offer. And that's really, I think, you know, it, it just makes logical sense to me that that that's the that's the middle of where we come from. There's stuff on the edge where we all know there's standard of care that's got, you know, four or five percent chance of doing anything. So we can play a huge role there that standard of care can and then there's things way on the other side where standard of care has a real high percent, but the things we do can keep them healthy longer. So I think it's just a matter of it's not a it's not a yes or no answer to anybody. It's where do we fit in? Where does standard of care fit in? And how do we make it work the best for you? So given that we we I wish we had all afternoon here to talk and we don't, but given <laughs> what you just said. Where do you think uh, integrative medicine is shining the most right now? What what what's happening from your perspective in terms of uh, terrain therapy? You know, ter- the theory of, of of terrain and metabolic cancer. Mm-hmm. Anything sh- standing out to you that our listeners should know about from your perspective? Yeah, I um, 
You know, what I uh, have come, and this was like about 25 years working with cancer patients and then, you know, taking a bit of time to look backwards and wrote a few books. And so you have to think a little about what you've been doing. What I tell patients and I tell medical students, same thing, is 100% with maybe a couple outliers. It's like building a house and there's a foundation that is universal to successful treatment, whatever success means. Mm -hmm. And that's three huge areas. I call them food, muscle, and brain. And so food, of course, is you know, what we put in, but also how toxic it is and all that, mm -hmm. uh, which really leads to what we know nowadays about metabolic uh, therapies, um, you know, the work of Tom Seyfried and everybody else right. uh, who does that. And and while you can get really specific and kind of picky about those things, there there's, there's themes in there. The less inflammatory and the less toxic your diet is, the longer you will live, hmm. regardless of what else you do. Mm -hmm. So food is one. Muscle, big in the last five, six years. It, all of the studies show, and even in non-cancer, but in cancer, if you just get your muscle working at a higher metabolic level than your fat cells, you will survive and live longer with any cancer that they have studied. And it makes sense mm -hmm. because using the muscles, working the muscles sends tons of signals out that are healing signals. They're anti-inflammatory generally. They're regenerative. Fat, if uh, you have no muscle activity and lots of fat activity, those signals are very inflammatory and not the direction you want for a cancer patient or, or any sick person or anybody. Uh, so, you know, muscle working and you don't have to be a, a power lifter, right. you know, you can just start doing a little more every day with, you know, walking mm -hmm. huge. Uh, and then brain, uh, goes to, I call it the two way, uh, brain street. So one is of course the mind body part, what we're thinking about our health and how we're participating and all that. But the other is what we're letting into our brain. Uh, and there's a lot of negative things we can participate in through the media and we've got media that can be on 24 seven and, and good or bad, but there's a, and there's, you know, there's people that can be helpful and not so helpful. So we have to be really careful, you know, on that end of the business too. And, and the reason I start there as the base is what I tell people is all the cool therapies that everyone wants to pay for. And of course they're great stuff are above that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then, you know, you, the, the next layer might be, you know, supplements and herbs and uh, other cool, you know, special things, which are super helpful. And then you might get like to the, the third layer that makes the roof that's maybe, you know, IV therapy and laser therapy and all these other cool things we can do. All of them work. They're all great. They all help. But if that base isn't there, um, it's kind of like. The, all that work and money and effort you put into it kind of sifts through and eventually your body is not in a good metabolic state. It's not strong. So it can't really do a lot with therapies long-term. So I always try and tell people that, you know, most of those base therapies don't cost you anymore. You, you have to eat somehow to live. You're, you know, you have to think uh, you can move your body around without joining a gym all of that stuff you can take care of just as part of your life. And then the rest works better. So that's really 
you know, the message that I try and share now, both to doctors and and also patients, that there's so much that's in my control as the patient, you know, or your control as a patient. And then people like us can do so many things to augment that and make it work better. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. My wife and I were watching a thing on Netflix called Secrets of the Blue Zones. And it's amazing how just the fundamentals of living well. And I encourage everyone to kind of, there are lots of books and there's videos on this, but People in the blue zones, they're just living balanced lives. They're, 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 and a lot of it is relationships, sense mm-hmm. of purpose, why I get up in the morning, plant-based foods, you know, things like my, wine. I was happy to hear wine, you know, even a little bit of wine can help right. you out, you know. So, <laughs> so anyway, I think, I think that's fantastic, Paul. The foundation, if we can all take care of the foundation, yeah. every, we're going to get better results as time goes on. Hey, I wish we could talk all day, but I'm so grateful to you that you've taken time out of your busy schedule and spent some time with, uh, with, uh, our Reardon clinic gang. <laughs> and I wish you well. And if there's anything I can do for you to help out, please call upon me. But I, 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 I thank you for all your, your service and for being a kind of, um, mentor, that has helped us bridge this gap between naturopathic medicine and oncology, because I think it's a real important step that we're working together better and better as time goes on. Thank you very much. That's, that's, that's been my unwitting goal my whole career, apparently. So I, I'm really I'm happy that I was able to pull that off. You bet. Thanks All again, right. Paul. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.